chapter eight part two of the theory of psychoanalysis by carl gustav jung this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter eight part two the etiological significance of failure of adaptation probably this man knows very well that it would have been physically possible to overcome the difficulty that he was only morally incapable of doing so he rejects this idea on account of its painful nature he is so conceited that he cannot admit to himself his cowardice he brags of his courage and prefers to declare things impossible rather than his own courage inadequate but through this behaviour he comes into opposition with his own self on the one hand he has a right view of the situation on the other he hides this knowledge from himself behind the illusion of his infallible courage he represses the proper view and forcibly tries to impress his subjective elusive opinion upon reality the result of this contradiction is that the libido is divided and that the two parts are directed against one another he opposes his wish to climb a mountain by his artificial self-created opinion that its ascent is impossible he does not turn to the real impossibility but to an artificial one to a self-given limitation thus he is in disharmony with himself and from this moment has an internal conflict now insight into his cowardice will get the upper hand now obstinacy and pride in either case the libido is engaged in a useless civil war thus the man becomes incapable of any enterprise he will never realize his wish to climb a mountain and he goes perfectly astray as to his moral qualities he is therefore less capable of performing his work he is not fully adapted he can be compared to a neurotic patient the libido which withdrew from before this difficulty has neither led to honest self-criticism nor to a desperate struggle to overcome the obstacle it has only been used to maintain his cheap pretence that the ascent was really impossible even heroic courage could have availed nothing such a reaction is called an infantile reaction it is very characteristic of children and of naive minds not to find the fault in their own shortcomings but in external circumstances and to impute to these their own subjective judgment this man solves his problem in an infantile way that is he replaces the suitable mode of adaptation of our former case by a mode of adaptation belonging to the infantile mind this is regression his libido withdraws from an obstacle which cannot be surmounted and replaces a real action by an infantile illusion these cases are very commonly met with in practice among neurotics i will remind you here of those well-known cases in which young girls become hysterical with curious suddenness just when they are called upon to decide about their engagements as an instance i should like to describe to you the case of two sisters separated only by one year in age they were similar in capacities and characters their education was the same they grew up in the same surroundings and under the influence of their parents both were healthy neither the one nor the other showed any nervous symptoms an attentive observer might have discovered that the elder daughter was the more beloved by the parents this affection depended on a certain sensitiveness which this daughter showed she asked for more affection than the younger one was also somewhat precocious and more serious besides she showed some charming childish traits just those things which through their slightly capricious and unbalanced character make a personality especially charming no wonder that father and mother had a great joy in their elder daughter 
as both sisters became of marriageable age almost at the same time they became intimately acquainted with two young men and the possibility of their marriages soon approached as is generally the case certain difficulties existed both girls were young and had very little experience of the world both men were relatively young too and in positions which might have been better they were only at the beginning of a career but nevertheless both were capable young men both girls lived in a social atmosphere which gave them the right to certain social expectations it was a situation in which a certain doubt as to the suitability of either marriage was permissible moreover both girls were insufficiently acquainted with their prospective husbands and were therefore not quite sure of their love there were many hesitations and doubts here it was noticed that the elder girl always showed greater waverings in her decisions from these hesitations some painful moments arose between the girls and the young men who naturally longed for more certainty at such moments the elder sister was much more excited than the younger one several times she went weeping to her mother complaining of her own hesitation the younger one was somewhat more decided and put an end to the unsettled situation by accepting her suitor she thus got over her difficulty and the further events ran smoothly as soon as the admirer of the elder sister became aware that the younger one had put matters on a sure footing he rushed to his lady and begged in a somewhat passionate way for her acceptance his passion irritated and frightened her a little although she was really inclined to follow her sister's example she answered in a somewhat haughty and off-hand way he replied with sharp reproaches causing her to get still more excited the end was a scene with tears and he went away in an angry mood at home he told the story to his mother who expressed the opinion that this girl was really unsuitable for him and that it would be perhaps better to choose some one else the girl for her part doubted very much if she really loved this man it suddenly seemed to her impossible to follow him to an unknown destiny and to be obliged to leave her beloved parents from that moment she was depressed she showed unmistakable signs of the greatest jealousy towards her sister but would neither see nor admit that she was jealous the former affectionate relations with her parents changed also instead of her earlier childlike affection she betrayed a lamentable state of mind which increased sometimes to pronounced irritability weeks of depression ensued whilst the young sister celebrated her wedding the elder went to a distant health resort for a nervous intestinal trouble i shall not continue the history of the disease it ended in an ordinary hysteria in analyzing this case great resistance to the sexual problem was found the resistance depended on many perverse fantasies the existence of which would not be admitted by the patient the question whence arose such perverse fantasies so unexpected in a young girl brought us to the discovery that once as a child eight years old she had found herself suddenly confronted in the street by an exhibitionist she was rooted to the spot by fright and even much later ugly images persecuted her in her dreams her younger sister was with her at the time the night after the patient told me this she dreamed of a man in a gray suit who seemed about to do in front of her what the exhibitionist had done she awoke with a cry of terror the first association to the gray suit was a suit of her father's which he had been wearing on an excursion which she made with him when she was about six years old this dream connects the father without any doubt with the exhibitionist this must be done for some reason did something happen with the father which could possibly call forth this association this problem met with great resistance from the patient but she could not get rid of it and the next sitting she reproduced some early reminiscences when she had noticed her father undressing himself again she came one day excited and terribly shaken and told me that she had had an abominable vision absolutely distinct 
in bed at night she felt herself again a child of two or three years old and she saw her father standing by her bed in an obscene attitude the story was gasped out piece by piece obviously with the greatest internal struggle this was followed by violent reproaches of how dreadful it is that a father should ever behave to his child in such a terrible manner nothing is less probable than that the father really did this it is only a fantasy probably first constructed in the course of the analysis from that same need of discovering a cause which once induced the physician to form the theory that hysteria was only caused by such impressions this case seemed to me suitable to demonstrate the meaning of the theory of regression and to show at the same time the source of the theoretical mistake so far we saw that both sisters were originally only slightly different from the moment of the engagement their ways were totally separated they seemed now to have quite different characters the one vigorous in health and enjoying life was a good and courageous woman willing to undertake the natural demands of life the other was sad ill-tempered full of bitterness and malice disinclined to make any effort towards a reasonable life egotistical quibbling and a nuisance to all about her this striking difference was only brought out when the one sister happily passed through the difficulties of her engagement whilst the other did not for both it hung to a certain extent only on a hair whether the affair would be broken off or not the younger one somewhat calmer was therefore more deliberate and able to find the right word at the right moment the elder one was more spoiled and more sensitive consequently more influenced by her emotions and could not find the right word nor had she the courage to sacrifice her pride to put things straight afterwards this little circumstance had a very important effect originally the conditions were much the same for both sisters the greater sensitiveness of the elder produced the difference the question now is whence arose this sensitiveness with its unfortunate results the analysis demonstrated the existence of an extraordinarily developed sexuality of infantile fantastic character in addition an incestuous fantasy towards the father we have a quick and easy solution of the problem of this sensitiveness if we admit that these fantasies had a lively and therefore effective existence we might thus readily understand why this girl was so sensitive she was shut up in her own fantasies and strongly attached to her father under these circumstances it would have been really a wonder had she been willing to love and marry another man the more we pursue our need for our causation and pursue the development of these fantasies back to their beginning the greater grow the difficulties of the analysis that is to say the resistances as we call them at the end we should find that impressive scene that obscene act whose improbability has already been established this scene has exactly the character of a subsequent fantastic formation therefore we have to conceive these difficulties which we call resistances at least in this part of the analysis as an opposition of the patient against the formation of such fantasies and not as a resistance against the conscience admittance of a painful remembrance you will ask with astonishment to what aim the patient contrives such a fantasy you will even be inclined to suggest that the physician forced the patient to invent it otherwise she would probably never have produced such an absurd idea i do not venture to doubt that there have been cases in which by dint of the physicians the desire to find a cause especially under the influence of the shock theory the patient has been brought to contrive such fantasies but the physician would never have come to this theory had he not followed the patient's line of thought thus taking part in this retrograde movement of the libido which we call regression 
the physician consequently only carried right through to its consequence what the patient was afraid to carry out namely a regression a falling back of the libido to its former desires the analysis in following the libido regression does not always follow the exact way marked by its historical development but very often rather a later fantasy which only partly depends on former realities in our case only some of the circumstances are real and it is but much later that they get their great importance namely at the moment when the libido regresses wherever the libido takes hold of a reminiscence we may expect that this reminiscence will be elaborated and altered as everything that is touched by the libido revives takes on dramatic form and becomes systematized we have to admit that in our case almost the greater part of these fantasies became significant subsequently after the libido had made a regression after it had taken hold of everything that could be suitable and had made out of all this a fantasy then that fantasy keeping pace with the retrograde movement of the libido came back at last to the father and put upon him all the infantile sexual desires even so it was thought in ancient times that the golden age of paradise lay in the past in the case before us we know that all the fantasies brought out by analysis did become subsequently of importance from this standpoint only we are not able to explain the beginning of the neurosis we should constantly move in a circle the critical moment for this neurosis was that in which the girl and man were inclined to love one another but in which an inopportune sensitiveness on the part of the patient caused the opportunity to slip by the conception of sensitiveness we might say and the psychoanalytical conception inclines in this direction that this critical sensitiveness arises from some peculiar psychological personal history which determined this end we know that such sensitiveness in a psychogenic neurosis is always a symptom of the discord within the subject's self a symptom of a struggle between two divergent tendencies both tendencies have their own previous psychological story in this case we are able to show that this special resistance the content of that critical sensitiveness is as a matter of fact connected in the patient's previous history with certain infantile sexual manifestations and also with that so-called traumatic event all things which are capable of casting a shadow on sexuality this would be so far plausible if the sister of the patient had not lived more or less the same life without experiencing all these consequences i mean she did not develop a neurosis so we have to agree that the patient experienced these things in a special way perhaps more intensely than the younger one perhaps also the events of her earlier childhood were to her of a disproportionate importance but if it had been the case to such a marked extent something of it would surely have been noticed earlier in later youth the earlier events of childhood were as much forgotten by the patient as by her sister another supposition is therefore possible this critical sensitiveness is not the consequence of the special previous past history but springs from something that had existed all along a careful observer of small children can notice even in early infancy any unusual sensitiveness i once analyzed a hysterical patient who showed me a letter written by her mother when this patient was two and a half years old her mother wrote about her and her sister the elder was always good-tempered and enterprising but the other was always in difficulties with both people and things the first one became in later life hysterical the other one catatonic these far-reaching differences which go back into earliest childhood cannot depend on the more or less accidental events of life but have to be considered as being innate differences 
from this point of view we cannot any longer pretend that her special previous psychological history caused this sensitiveness at that critical moment it would be more correct to say this innate sensitiveness is manifested most distinctly in uncommon situations this surplus of sensitiveness is found very often as an enrichment of a personality contributing even more to the charm of the character than to its detriment but in difficult and uncommon situations the advantage very often turns into a disadvantage as the inopportunely excited emotion renders calm considerations impossible nothing could be more incorrect than to consider this sensitiveness as ao ipso a morbid constituent of a character if it really were so we should have to regard at least one-third of humanity as pathological only if the consequences of this sensitiveness are destructive to the individual have we a right to consider this quality as abnormal primary sensitiveness and regression we come to this difficulty when we crudely oppose the two conceptions as to the significance of the previous psychological history as we have done here in reality the two are not mutually exclusive a certain innate sensitiveness leads to a special psychological history to special reactions to infantile events which are not without their own influence on the development of the childish conception of life events bound up with powerful impressions can never pass without leaving some trace on sensitive people some of these often remain effective throughout life and such events can exert an apparently determining influence on the whole mental development dirty and disillusional experiences in the domain of sexuality are especially apt to frighten a sensitive person for years and years under these conditions the mere thought of sexuality raises the greatest resistances as the creation of the shock theory proved we are too much inclined in consequence of our knowledge of such cases to attribute the emotional development of a person more or less to accidents the earlier shock theory went too far in this respect we must never forget that the world is in the first place a subjective phenomenon the impressions we receive from these happenings are also our own doing it is not the case that the impressions are forced on us unconditionally but our disposition gives the value to the impressions a man with stored-up libido will as a rule have quite different impressions much more vivid impressions than one who organizes his libido into a rich activity such a sensitive person will have a more profound impression from certain events which might harmlessly pass over a less sensitive subject therefore in conjunction with the accidental impression we have to consider seriously the subjective conditions our former considerations and the observation of the concrete case especially show us that the important subjective condition is the regression it is shown by experience and practice that the effect of regression is so enormous so important and so impressive that we might perhaps be inclined to attribute the effect of accidental events to the mechanism of regression only without any doubt there are cases in which everything is dramatized where even the traumatic events are artifacts of the imagination in which the few real events are subsequently entirely distorted through fantastic elaboration we can simply say that there is not a single case of neurosis in which the emotional value of the preceding event is not considerably aggravated through the regression of libido and even where great parts of the infantile development seem to be of extraordinary importance they only gain this through regression as is always the case truth is found in the middle the previous history is certainly a determining historic value which is reinforced by the regression 
sometimes the traumatic significance of the previous history comes more into the foreground sometimes only the regressive meaning these observations have naturally to be applied to the infantile sexual events too obviously there are cases in which brutal sexual accidents justify the shadow thrown on sexuality and explain thoroughly the later resistance of the individual towards sexuality dreadful impressions other than sexual can also sometimes leave behind a permanent feeling of insecurity which may determine the individual in a hesitating attitude towards reality where real events of undoubted traumatic potentiality are wanting as is generally the case with neurosis there the mechanism of regression prevails of course you could object that we have no criterion for the potential effect of the trauma or shock as this is a highly relative conception it is not quite so we have in the standard of the average normal a criterion for the potential effect of a shock whatever is capable of making a strong and persistent impression upon a normal person must be considered as having a determining influence for neurotics also but we may not straightway attribute any importance even in neurosis to impressions which in a normal case would disappear and be forgotten in most of the cases where any event has an unexpected traumatic influence we shall find in all probability a regression that is to say a secondary fantastic dramatization the earlier in childhood an impression is said to have arisen the more suspicious is its reality animals and primitive people have not that readiness in reproducing memories from a single impression which we find among civilized people very young children have by no means that impressionability which we find in older children a certain higher development of the mental faculties is a necessary condition for impressionability therefore we may agree that the earlier a patient places some significant event in his childhood the more likely it will be a fantastic and regressive one important depressions are only to be expected from later youth at any rate we have generally to attribute to the events of earliest childhood that is from the fifth year backwards but a regressive importance sometimes the regression does play an overwhelming part in later years but even then one must not ascribe too little importance to accidental experiences it is well known that in the later course of a neurosis the accidental events and the regression together form a vicious circle the withdrawal from the experiences of life leads to regression and the regression aggravates the resistances towards life in the conception of regression psychoanalysis has made one of the most important discoveries which have been made in this sphere not only has the earlier exposition of the genesis of neurosis been already subverted or at least widely modified but at the same time the actual conflict has received its proper valuation the significance of the actual conflict in the case i have described we saw that we could understand the symptomatological dramatization as soon as it could be conceived as an expression of the actual conflict here the psychoanalytic theory agrees with the results of the association experiments of which i spoke in my lectures at clark university the association experiment with a neurotic person gives us a series of references to certain conflicts of the actual life which we call complexes these complexes contain those problems and difficulties which have brought the patient into opposition with himself generally we find a love conflict of an obvious character from the standpoint of the association experiment neurosis seems to be something quite different from what it appeared from the standpoint of the earlier psychoanalytic theory considered from the standpoint of the latter theory neurosis seemed to be a growth which had its roots in earliest childhood and overgrew the normal structure 
considered from the standpoint of the association experiment neurosis seems to be a reaction from an actual conflict which is naturally found also among normal people but among them the conflict is solved without too great difficulty the neurotic remains in the grip of his conflict and his neurosis seems more or less to be the consequence of this stagnation so we may say that the results of the association experiments tell in favour of the theory of regression with the former historical conception of neurosis we thought we understood clearly why a neurotic person with his powerful parent complex had such great difficulty in adapting himself to life now that we know that normal persons have the same complex and in principle have to pass through just the same psychological development as a neurotic we can no longer explain neurosis as a certain development of fantasy systems the really illuminating way to put the problem is a prospective one we do not ask any longer if the patient has a father or a mother complex or unconscious incest fantasies which worry him to-day we know that every one has such things the belief that only neurotics had these complexes was an error we ask now what is the task which the patient does not wish to fulfil from which necessary difficulties of life does the patient try to withdraw himself when people try always to adapt themselves to the conditions of life the libido is employed rightly and adequately when this is not the case the libido is stored up and produces regressive symptoms the inadequate adaptation that is to say the abnormal indecision of neurotics in face of difficulties is easily accounted for by their strong subjection to their fantasies in consequence of which reality seems to them wholly or partly more unreal valueless and uninteresting than to normal people these heightened fantasies are the results of innumerable regressions the ultimate and deepest root is the innate sensitiveness which causes difficulties even to the infant at the mother's breast in the form of unnecessary irritation and resistances call it sensitiveness or whatever you like this unknown element of predisposition is in every case of neurosis the etiological significance of fantasy criticized the apparent etiological development of neurosis discovered by psychoanalysis is in reality only the work of causally connected fantasies which the patient has created from that libido which at times he did not employ in the biological adaptation thus these apparently etiological fantasies seem to be forms of compensation disguises for an unfulfilled adaptation to reality the vicious circle previously mentioned between the withdrawing in the face of difficulties and the regression into the world of fantasies is naturally well suited to give the illusion of an apparent striking causal relationship so that both the patient and the physician believe in it in such a development accidental experiences are only extenuating circumstances i feel i must make allowance for those critics who on reading the history of psychoanalytic patients get the impression of fantastic elaboration only they make the mistake of attributing the fantastic artifacts and far-fetched arbitrary symbolism to the suggestion and to the awful fantasy of the physician instead of to the unequalled fertility of fantasy on the part of the patient of a truth there is a good deal of artificial elaboration in the fantasies of a psychoanalytic case there are generally significant signs of the patient's active imagination the critics are not so wrong when they say that their neurotic patients have no such fantasies i have no doubt that patients are unconscious of the greater part of their own fantasies a fantasy only really exists 
in the unconscious when it has some notable effect upon the conscious for example in the form of a dream otherwise we may say with a clear conscience that it is not real every one who overlooks the frequently nearly imperceptible effects of unconscious fantasies upon the conscious or renounces the fundamental and technically incontestable analysis of dreams can easily overlook the fantasies of his patients altogether we are therefore inclined to smile when we hear this repeated objection but we must admit that there is some truth in it the regressive tendency of the patient is strengthened by the attention bestowed on it and directed to the unconscious that is to say to the fantasies he discovers and forms during analysis we might even perhaps go so far as to say that during that time of analysis this fantasy production is greatly increased as the patient is strengthened in his regressive tendency by the interest taken by the physician and it originates even more fantasies than he did before hence our critics have repeatedly stated that a conscientious therapy of the neurosis should go in exactly the opposite direction to that taken by psychoanalysis in other words it has been the chief endeavour of therapy hitherto to extricate the patient from his unhealthy fantasies and bring him back again to real life End of chapter eight part two